0: hello hi welcome back to jaff pod season 2 episode 1 Woo! that's very exciting it all petered out at the end of last season because we got busy and because of various things but we are back it's definitely not because
1: we stopped giving a shit
0: it's definitely not because of that. But we're back for season two and we're back giving a shit uh, about uh, what has been a pretty exciting summer and what has been, and what is going to be, a, uh, hopefully, a, a great season. One of the best seasons that we've seen in the Premier League over do, recent years. Do you just feel more complete when the football's on? I just feel like I actually um, like have stuff to do. Like there is I, structure to the week. Yeah. Like life just. And, out- What's oh. even better is, <clears throat> I have to say. What's even better is BT Sport. I've got the midweek, uh, the, the the midday games now, on a Saturday. So it means that I can watch a game of football, and then I can go to my gig. I don't have to watch the football on the way to the gig. I don't have to worry about, uh, like catching up on that game on match of the day. I can just sit and watch it, and it's fucking great.
1: And like we had on Sunday, the venue we played at had a big screen in the yeah, garden. That was that was. Mint. A that was big mint. screen in the huge, garden. Huge screen. It was garden. like bigger than my living room. It, the it big was screen, massive. Like yeah. it was
0: for Fleetwood Town. The 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 gig on sunday which was pretty exciting but joey barton wasn't there i was very disappointed oh
1: uh, i see i can't remember who i was talking to about this the chairman
0: <coughs> and joey barton don't get on who the chairman and joey barton yeah but well, it's probably punched him in the That's face or something probably the reason he's punched his baby that got christened in the face yeah um so <laughs> with our season two coming back we've got some exciting new stuff Um. we've got uh what we're calling jaff blog uh so you can get to this through WordPress. So it's I think it's Jaffpodblog.wordpress.com. Uh up there we're gonna be uh, each of us are gonna be posting some articles, but we've also got some special guests that you're gonna be hearing on the podcast throughout the year. Um and some some people that you've heard before, they're gonna be writing some stuff. Um, we've got an actual football journalist writing for Jaffblog this year. An actual football journalist. So there might be some like actual I mean, I'm informative not content I'm- on there. That's really nice of you, but I'm not that qualified. No, it's definitely not you. It's definitely not you. Um, So things like our game week predictions um, will be posted on there. So we won't be talking about that on the podcast. Um, We'll be putting up a separate post on the blog about our predictions every week, and they'll go on Instagram and all that sort of stuff, as per usual. Um, Don't forget, we're on Instagram, and subscribe and rate us on iTunes if you like the podcast. If you don't like it, um, go and rate and subscribe something else. Um... I'll just give us five stars
1: anyway I don't give a shit can you imagine if we became so successful that we had to change our Instagram handles to like Josh Jaffpod Danny Jaff? Pod? that would definitely would not happen <laughs> but it would be brilliant we have to get double figures on listeners before that happens
0: well we found out yesterday that I mean the last I think the last podcast we did we talked about AP's son Siggy and uh, he met Sigurdsson Definitely, not his, um, <laughs> Definitely not named um, after his smoking addiction. Definitely not. And Siggy was listening to the podcast apparently yesterday in preparation for the new season. And um, so I think we need to be a bit careful of our language this season. We're gonna if taper Siggy's it back. Going, he's like seven. Uh, I don't give a shit. But it's an
1: education, lad, it's an education. Yeah, it's a, welcome mm. to
0: England. Um, this is England. Uh, so we're going to start with some football. Um, we're going to start with Friday night's game. And last year's Champions League winners, Liverpool, uh, they played Norwich at Carrow Road. It finished 4-1 to Liverpool. It was definitely not at Carrow Road. It definitely wasn't at Carrow Road. It was definitely at Anfield. Um, Liverpool are the first team to score... Uh, that's my first mistake of the season, by the way. <laughs> uh First of many, uh, Liverpool are the first team to score four plus first half goals on a match on match day one of a Premier League season since when? Was it when Chelsea beat West Brom six one? It was not. Um, no idea. Since August two thousand and six, when Man United beat Fulham and netted four against Fulham. Which is I have no recollection of that. Um, neither do I. Um, I want you to talk about um, the first goal and uh, and Norwich's, mainly Norwich's reaction to it.
1: Um, I wish I could take credit for this, but it was uh, <laughs> Gary Neville. So, obviously Norwich have got a really inexperienced team when it comes to uh, not only Premier League experience, but just general football experience. Mm-hmm. So I think three of their back four are 21 or under. They've got uh, Tim is out injured and another centre-half... That they've bought from Schalker. I can't remember. I can't remember his name um who aren't available to play uh you seven minutes in and Grant Hanley who whilst he has Premier League experience like I probably wouldn't want him at my club because I think he's not very good but you know mm-hmm. they don't have a massive budget uh Origi does really well down the left. Uh, puts the ball in Hanley puts it into his own goal in sort of comical fashion he just sort of swings it I mean he he gets his feet in a right mess wouldn't want to see him on a ballroom floor let's put it that way (laughs) Um, but then his reaction he like haunches over and he's got like his head in his hands for not like two or three seconds but like until they kick off again and like if you're like a 19 year old lad Max Aaron's making his debut at right back you're looking at your like defence leader going Ah.
0: I think also he was um he was like he is the captain yeah like he is I mean I know Tim crowe was behind him but he is the experience in that back four especially and like you say I think everyone else in the back four was under 22 and it's like that whole squad in general is very young and to see your captain and leader doing that being like foot the game's lost already I think is is huge like mm. and you know i I think there was an element of luck in Liverpool's first three goals in general, and that I mean that sort of set the pattern for Norwich in the first half really but i i I still think that like both teams came out in the second half, Liverpool thought this game's won, and Norwich just uh what's the the manager called um, daniel Farker yeah Daniel Farker he just didn't it just felt like oh well, we've lost now,
1: yeah. I mean, it was. It would have been difficult for them to top that first half showing. Yeah. If you get what I mean, and I think it was quite important that they didn't concede again, and they were a little bit maybe more savvy. Yeah. There was um, the build-up to the first goal actually. So Timo Puki so Alexander Arnold's got the throw-in, and he's got Gomez like back from him. Yeah. But then Pookie went to mark him and just left Van Dijk open, so he just threw it into the center of the it pitch. It just means that it?
0: Liverpool can get out, and we know they're quick on the counter attack anyway, or quick on the break anyway. So to leave that much room, like you say, I mean, I think they they did the analysis on match of the day, and it was really good. And I think you could see like how much room Pookie actually left for that. However, like um, I thought, I thought I know we haven't talked about Liverpool's fourth goal, which I thought was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the. I thought Norwich's goal was, was great he took his chance really well first Premier League goal I think first shot on target it season.
1: is I've got a stat for you he scored with his first shot on target for the 8th successive season
0: that's, that's pretty good that's pretty good He's he, he looks like he could score some goals this season I yeah think. And that could be
1: really important
0: I think I, I think I talked about it on on the like on one of the blogs that I did, um, like Norwich scored a lot of goals at home last season, their home form was very good, along with Sheffield United actually um, I think they scored 51 goals at home mm-hmm. in 20, what would it have been how many games? 3 23 games, because you played 46 yeah. in the championship so I mean that's a lot that's a lot, mm-hmm. and like I think that their home form is going to be crucial for them staying up, but also um like, he is going to be their main source of goals. If he gets injured, I do worry a little bit. I mean, I worry for Norwich anyway.
1: How often do you see as well, like, a, a striker who tears it up in the Championship and they come into the Premier League and it's like,
0: yeah. what is a goal? Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale. Um, oh. Alisson injured in the first half. Um... I'm Mid- fuming because it, yeah. it my fantasy team I'm
1: f- I've played my wild card already
0: have you actually yeah had complete overhaul well, I'm annoyed because I had Debravkringle in goal but I and I didn't realise that Nick Pope was going to start and he got more points than Debravke and I've got Pope on the bench so annoying do
1: you know what's always dead odd you know at the start of a new season when you see people wearing new squad numbers yeah like
0: like, was wearing number one it was yeah so me. so was Nick Pope and I was like oh was he yeah L. I was like what Richarlison <laughs> had seven on really yeah you know um, you notice these things I'm not very good at that um, I, I was actually Mignolet will be gutted that Alisson got injured um, but now that Alisson's out and Adrian's come in which I'm really happy because I like for Adrian to get any minutes in the Premier League this season is, is excellent um, just a heads up I've not put him in my
1: fantasy team oh have
0: you not no um, but it leaves Liverpool with only one fit senior goalkeeper hey Andy Lonergan is he is he, def- is he signed now
1: yeah he was playing in goal when we went to watch Bolton versus Liverpool in the FA
0: Cup about five years ago. He was in goal for Bolton. <laughs> Jesus. He's, about he's, 40. he's the uh, Scott Carson of the, and Rob Green. Yeah. Yeah, he's another one of those, isn't
1: Unreal. he? Unreal. If they win like a trophy, do you reckon he'll get his full kit on? Oh, it's yeah. Totally, posing.
0: totally. Um, summer business for Norwich, what did you think? Um, I quite.
1: Uh, so, my brother pointed this out, so off the bench in the second half came a player called Onal Hernandez who used to play for the uh, side in Germany that we used to go and watch, oh, Bielefeld. Really? Bielefeld. Yeah. Um I quite like Steeperman, Marco Steeperman, he did really yeah. well last year for them. Uh, he's got to take his chances he had like two pretty clear cut yeah, shots there's
0: one in the first half at 1-0 I think yeah well if he had
1: he'd... one at 0-0 as well it was quite difficult bending it round, but I mean he, he put it sort of into of space Yeah. which doesn't count as a goal um, yeah it's a difficult one isn't it because we've seen like Fulham last year brought in loads of players couldn't gel them together I think they have kept a core uh-huh. And their young players are quite exciting. I think they've got enough experience. It, it, I mean, it's going to be difficult for them. Yeah, it is I think be we've difficult. both got
0: them rock bottom of the league in our predictions. Yeah,
1: nineteenth or twentieth.
0: Yeah, I think you've got them twentieth. I've got, I've definitely got them twentieth. Um, I think the, their main thing over the summer was keeping hold of the young players that they've got. I mean, Aaron's was linked to Man United if Wan Bissaka didn't go. Um, the addition of like Sam Barham gives them a little bit of Premier, Le- Premier League experience. Patrick Roberts coming in from Man City I think can get a few goals for them but they've lost a lot of Premier League experience on free transfers Matt Jarvis I think might have just been a player to keep hold of for another Mm -hmm. season put him on a year rolling contract and see how he does if he doesn't get any game time at least he's in the dressing room
1: you know what I mean 100%
0: Um, they've played a little bit of FIFA I think because obviously Ralph Farman's come in uh, in goal um, and a couple of other players that they've brought in have been like FIFA wonder kids or whatever I'm not sure whether it's enough for them to stay up. It's really going to bother me who that other centre-half is. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> classic. Um, I, I just don't think they've done enough to survive this season, personally. Um, Liverpool? They haven't done it, anything, really, have they?
1: Um, no. Do you think... I think Origi showed like how, how valuable he can be. Yeah. And that's sort of gonna be like a little signing for them because he, he didn't play until he, until like the sort of back third of the season last year. And do you remember in the 2014 World Cup, like he he was like Belgium centre forward, and they were like, "This guy's gonna be amazing." And then he's just he's not really played.
0: Do you not think though that obviously Man City is strengthened? We'll talk about Man City in, uh, next, but Man City have strengthened and Liverpool haven't. Do you not think that? It's just put Man City further ahead. I I, I personally feel like the th- front three of Mane, Rick, uh, Mane, Firmino and Salah, they're so important to Liverpool. Liverpool have had two seasons where they've been very lucky with injuries. They haven't had any, pretty much. Alisson's obviously gone off in the first game. Big blow for them, right? Those front three have played all summer. They've played all of last season, playing really well. They've played pretty much all of the summer. And now they're coming into a new season. I feel like Liverpool, I've still got Liverpool to finish second, right but I feel like until maybe the back end of Christmas, the Christmas period, end of January sort of time we're going to see this free flow in Liverpool that we saw last season I just think legs are going to go, I don't think they've got enough depth in their squad to really maintain that push until the end of the season, don't get me wrong they've got an amazing squad like Salah Firmino, Mane, Rigi. Um, like Shaqiri. Oxley, chamberlain coming back. Shakiri, Lallana, if he can stay. Young fit. Adam Lallana, quote Glenn Hoddle. <laughs> yeah, turned thirty-one last week. Yeah, I classic Glenn Hoddle. Um, but these players, like I just think there's up front and up top. When you think about the players that were available that they could have brought in, if they just spent a little bit more on but Coutinho or, or Dybala was available, obviously Bale, a Bale, Icardi available we'll talk about Icardi a little bit later but these players I just think that were available was the it was the perfect time for Liverpool to go in the market sign one big player this summer state your intentions put the, the the front three players on their toes keep it interesting and like it's not about replacing a player I think there's this like kind of ethos in the Premier League of you buy a player to replace a player which is definitely the ethos of, of my club and definitely the ethos of Bolton at the moment uh, well you buy players, no sell the players.
1: Bring in nineteen-year-old.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, they, you you bring a player in to replace another player, but in actual fact, when you're at the top of the league, like what Man City are doing, rodri wasn't bought brought in to replace Fernandinho. He was brought in or to 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 give him give Fernandinho because he's getting older a little bit of time off, and also push him to be like, you need to be working hard to get in the starting lineup now. And I just feel like Liverpool don't really have that. At the moment, and 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 I feel like that f- maybe at back positions, mm-hmm. as well. However, I do still think they'll finish second. I think we've both got them finishing second this season. And and the match of the pundits had them like on Saturday had them finishing top of the league, top of the pile.
1: it uh, just shows you how much they know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Any more on this game? Uh, no. Cool. Uh, let's move on to Saturday's first game. It was West Ham versus Man City. They finished five 0 to Man City. Uh, who have won their last seven competitive games against West Ham by an aggregate score of 23-3.
1: On their last five visits to the London Stadium, they've also won by at least four goals on each occasion. Yeah, it's madness. Unreal. It's like a home fixture for them.
0: I've got to start about uh, Alexander Zinchenko. He has played 23 Premier League games. Mm -hmm. How many has he won? 23. Yes. Yes unreal unbelievable he's another
1: one new squad number number 11
0: I was like yeah (laughs) Um, took Rodri a little bit of time to settle in should West Ham have had a penalty Um, went to VAR
1: no I thought that was the correct decision yeah Mike Dean made a
0: correct call on TV I I know madness well, he can't not make correct calls now, really. Yeah, that's true. Um, it took him a little time to settle in. I thought he looked really good in the Community Shield, mm-hmm. and when once he'd sort of, sort of gotten used to the fact that he was up against like um, the sort of players that West Ham were playing in that midfield. Like the the I think it was Wilshire, uh, Wilshire and um, Rice that started in centre St. mid. I think he got to grips with the game, mm-hmm. and he just started. Just being being him. In really. terms
1: of profile, he's quite similar to Matic, isn't he? Like yeah. that big sort of central he's midfield pro I two, think. I think he's six foot yeah. two. He has got uh, he's got vision as well, he's popping off these really lovely, like little chipped crossfield balls and stuff. Yeah. Which may be something Fernandinho doesn't have
0: in his game. Just that yeah. little Yeah, you you may be right. You may be right. Um VAR probably took the took the um the the show really on Saturday but after Friday's first sort of game where it wasn't really used on Saturday lunchtime it was used for pretty much every decision that ever happened but everything was correct yes and I think this is one thing that you're not going to get on this podcast as a s- slate in VAR because I think that there were multiple decisions across the weekend where people have been complaining about it especially the Sterling we'll, we'll talk about the one that happened on Sunday later but the the Sterling goal that was ruled off was was offside.
1: Uh, Ian Wright being like, "Oh, I'm not having this." If his shoulders offside, that's, the rule. that's offside. That's the rule. It is offside, or it's not.
0: And I like the I like this new thing that they've got where they're drawing the line down, and then they're drawing the lines on the pitch. I mean, <coughs> the the one that was used in the World Cup where they fucking had these like random lines that weren't straight on the pitch. It doesn't work doesn't work so they've obviously updated it and 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 it's gonna get better it's mm-hmm. gonna get better this is the first season this is what people I think are thinking, oh, brought in it needs to be the final product it's never the final product I think never it, is.
1: it would be useful if on the big screens and grounds they could see what the person's looking at
0: I think yes that would be good and it would be good or
1: so in cricket you can't see what they're doing but you can hear the television uh, umpire's voice oh, chatting through good. the decision and it's played round that I mean you probably really you, yeah that would work Come But and, a, and I
0: think as well they only showed a few decisions on the screen mm-hmm. so they showed the Sterling offside on the screen but they didn't show um, the penalty for example or they didn't show a couple of the other decisions that happened over the weekend I don't think um, uh, and I don't think they showed the penalty retake encroachment, and this is a new rule for twenty Because they're not
1: using VAR to check keeper on the line yeah. in the Prem. and that That's was still my, up to the referee. Yeah, that was my, my assumption, and then I was only sort of like half paying attention. They were like, oh, it was because Rice encroached, because then he was then able to affect the clearance. <coughs> it, yeah,
0: it was because Rice encroached and then cleared the ball. So if Rice, I mean Rice encroached again on the retake, ooh, but because he wasn't involved... Like if if who um, was in goal for them, uh, Fabianski, Fabianski had tipped it wide, then that would have been fine, like penalty missed. But because Rice encroached and then cleared the ball, that is when there's a problem. Um, I thought again, totally the correct decision. That's the rule. That's it needs to be enforced. Um. Sterling scored, hat trick. Um, Since
1: August 2017, only three players have scored more Premier League goals than Raheem Sterling. He
0: is, for me.
1: I've got, I've got a statement here to clarify my thoughts. Okay, go on. With Guardiola as his manager and on current form, Star- Sterling is the best in the world.
0: Totally agree. I was just about to say. I wasn't going to clarify mine with anything. I was just going to say at this moment in time, Sterling's the best player in the world. He is. He's the the goal that was checked for VAR and it was judged to have not been offside by about the same amount that he was offside for the other goal I thought was just showed the difference between Raheem Sterling of pre-Guardiola and the Raheem Sterling of now Mm -hmm. in that the calmness that he took the ball down just chipped it over Fabianski it was just so easy just so easy for him that was, uh, I thought that thought that was the best goal of the game, to be honest. And and I thought it was kind of sad, but kind of brilliant that he didn't get the penalty. Yeah, because his three goals came without that penalty anyway. Yeah. And he's, I used my captain in fantasy football as well, so I got forty points for him. You
1: bastard! <laughs> Sorry, Siggy. <Sugi>, you <laughs> bastard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: I uh, I don't know if you saw this, but in the build-up to his third goal. Thought there was potentially a foul on Halla by Gundogan, Gundogan. I didn't see it. So like, Haller had the ball, you. and then I only spotted it. I had to go and re-watch it back, and like the ref like didn't even check it or anything. But like, obviously Halla stayed down yeah. and looked in some sort of discomfort, and I just thought it maybe. I mean, you didn't get. I mean, they didn't even show it on match of the day. Yeah. But I just thought it could have been something that they oh maybe be maybe looked at. Um. How quick is Kyle Walker? I thought they so temporarily bought Usain Bolt for like thirty seconds. But he's
0: he's a player. Also, his new hair is shit.
1: Done a David Silva. He's or cut he? all his hair off.
0: And it, that's he why he's so, so quick. Stupid. <laughs> like aerodynamic. Yeah.
1: This is um, literally the sound effect as he ran down the wing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually was. But he is the he is a player that has to. Um, last season he was kind of a sure in for that right back position. Now they've brought in uh, Con- Consuelo from uh, Family Consuela. Guy. Um, Consuelo is going to put in um, a, a, a real challenge for that right back position. It's going to be it's going to be fucking meant to see that. To be honest, uh, summer business. West Ham. Well, West Ham in the game I thought were really poor, but the, I don't think they've won. Uh, at home for the last, I think they've lost four nil in the last four, at least four nil in the last four seasons. In the first game,
1: yeah, there was a that was a big moment. Two uh, nil went to three nil. Goal got chalked off by VAR, and then Edison made a ridiculous double yeah. save. That's why he's better than
0: Allison. Yeah, because yeah, I agree.
1: No look passes. <laughs>
0: um, West Ham's business over the summer I think has been all right to be honest and um, they've done a good thing letting Arnautovic go but bringing in how uh, it's not Haller is it that's not how you say it you say it. that's how you write it but it's like Alir or something like that but we're gonna, oh, call, him Hala. I'm gonna call him Haller yeah Haller and Fornal's coming in I think it'll be good whether Haller settles in and is able to score the amount of goals that they haven't had a 15 or more goal scorer for 20 years since Paolo Di Canio so it's going to be interesting to see if he can score the goals that mm-hmm. m- mean that West Ham can push on from last season because I thought they had a good end to the season last year and they've managed to keep hold of Rice and Diop and all those guys which I think is good as well how do you think they've fared?
1: Um so Pellegrini said they they've now got three centre forwards vying for one spot which is going to be good competition wise. I think full backs an area of weakness for them. I think Fredericks and Cresswell are yeah. like How Cresswell has England caps. Like I just no, I've never rated him at all. Uh, they yeah they get overrun quite <coughs> easily in wide areas. Yeah. Um, and I
0: think it would benefit them to play a 5 at the back, mm-hmm. like a proper 5. Um because Fredericks, played, when he played for Derby, was playing in a five, I think, and he was kind of up and down as a right wing back. Um, and he played quite well. That got him his move to West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we raised question marks over that signing last year when they, when they made it. Personally, I think they've done good business, but there's still work to be done. I don't think any team in the league has, has had a perfect window, to be honest. like I don't think there's any team that I would say you got everything that you needed this window mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I don't think I've been able to say that about a Premier League team for, for a while yeah um, Man City have had some big outgoings um, but the arrival of Concello and Rodri I think is, is exactly what they need, more competition in those areas where they need it really, right back and, and centre midfield Um and they've kept Silva, Bernardo Silva, uh, Bernardo Silva, sorry, Sterling, and um, De Bruyne. All these players that were kind of linked with, linked with like Real Madrid, Barcelona, in mm-hmm. this world. Um, I think they've had a really good window. Not perfect. I still think they could have brought in another attacking, out and out attacker. Yeah. Out and out striker. Well, well, they've got
1: two to choose from. Yeah.
0: But I mean, we've seen that Aguero's had injury problems, and his has gone without goals last season. I know they've got goals everywhere on the pitch. So I've got a stat for you about Gabriel Jesus. Go on. It's uh, in his
1: last ten starts for Man City, he's been involved in eighteen That's
0: goals. That's so good. He is an unbelievable. Thirteen player. goals,
1: five assists.
0: I think the other place where I thought they could could have improved was centre half, and they missed mm-hmm. out on Harry Maguire. Do I think that they desperately need players in those positions? No. Do I think they would it would help them in the Champions League to get another centre half in? Yes. Mm-hmm. However, I think they've they've had a really very good window to be honest. They got rid of, rid of a lot of Deadwood as well in the in the squad off the wage bill, which is nice.
1: Just to uh, prove my point about their centre forwards being great, that was Aguero's seventh,
0: seventh opening day goal. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He is. Uh, We've had some amazing Premier League strikers, but he is up there. Yes. He is up there in the top three or four Premier League strikers ever, I would say. Um, Anything else on that game? No. Alright, let's move on uh, to the first ever top flight meeting between um, Bournemouth and Sheffield United, uh, which finished ones each. Um, They've met in every tier of English football, interestingly. Um, I have another stat for this game. Oh, I forgot to say Rahim Stern's the first player to score a hat trick on the opening weekend of a Premier League season since uh is it DDA
1: Jogba in yeah. two thousand nine? Two
0: thousand ten versus plus. West Brom. Um Billy Sharp's goal came with his uh Josh is just dancing. Billy Sharp's goal Drogba's celebration. <laughs> yeah. Billy Sharp's goal came from his first ever shot in the Premier League in his third appearance, which is interesting. Um, two scrappy goals, I thought.
1: What a fairy tale goal for Billy Sharp! Yeah, like, totally. well documented. Like, what what happened to him in like his personal life and stuff a few years ago? I just think he's a like that's a that's a like a happy story from football.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. And I thought Sheffield United overall played quite well. I thought in the first half they were a little bit kind of. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of um, like holding back a little bit, I felt mm-hmm. they were a little bit nervy a little bit, um, kind of they weren't playing the same sort of football that they were playing last season in the championship um, do you think they can still play the similar sort of style with those two attacking centre backs in the Premier League this season or are they going to get caught out?
1: Uh, they need to pick and choose who they play against Yeah. against the the top six <coughs> no definitely don't do that no but, but like they they pulled up a like a screenshot of match of the day and it was like both their centre-backs and both their wing-backs were like in the box attacking yeah it was like
0: um. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting but I think this was a game that Bournemouth should have been targeting because they need to push on again from that season I feel like Bournemouth are they're like a sort of uh, like a married couple mm-hmm. with the Premier League in that they just they got here it was a, it was amazing their wedding day was amazing their inaugural season was amazing and now they've just settled down and they're just sort of ticking along and like I feel like their summer transfer business was was fine not amazing they didn't get everything that they needed they're just sort of ticking along in the Premier League and I don't feel like there's any ambition for the club to push on I don't feel like there's any ambition for the club to Um, expand the stadium or do anything that is going to really I would say that they are an established Premier League team and Mm -hmm. that has been the goal for the last few seasons but now is the time that they need to say right we need to do something about expanding, gaining a bigger fan base and doing something globally that is going to make people go fucking hell Bournemouth the Premier League team, Bournemouth I think we see them as like we still see them as like, oh, plucky little Bournemouth. Like, but actually, they've got probably, I would say, probably one of the best managers in the league. Um, they've got a, a very good squad, players like Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, um, all of these guys now brought in Philip Billing as well, which I think is a great signing. They have these, like, they have the, um, this is the time for them to push on and sort of, start attacking those 7th seventh, seventh place I think they finished 11th last season 12th maybe now is the time to push for top half make sure that you're getting in there and you can start pushing teams like Wolves and I'm not saying that it's going to be easy because their revenue is going to be a lot smaller than mm-hmm. teams with big stadiums but if they invest in the stadium they're going to bring the money back if they invest in pre-season tours abroad I know it sounds stupid but if they invest in a pre-season tour abroad and they start gaining a fan base in China and stuff like that. Like they're gonna be able to start to compete with maybe the the other teams that are in the league around that position.
1: They're in a really like fortunate position as well because like they're a one club town. Yeah. And it's like it's a big uni town. Like that. there's a big opportunity there for them to make a lot of money and stuff.
0: And they're not gonna go down. they their famous ma- last The famous words. last words. They're not gonna go down. Their managers good enough to keep them in the league. Their squad is good enough to stay in the league. They've got a striker that scores goals in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Teams that have strikers that score goals in the Premier League don't go down. It's just a fact. They're pretty good unit at the back. They've got a good that famous English defender Nathan Ake. They've got him at centre back. They've got a good spine up that team. And I just feel like with that then it's not they're not gonna go down. So why not use this time even if they said, right, this is an interim period for the club. We want Eddie Howe to stay, and this is going to be we're going to show our um, like ambition to move forward and move forward as a club. I know there's probably people listening to this that are going to think Bournemouth are just happy being in the Premier League, but now they've been in the Premier League for like three years now. They think this is year four. This is the time to like push on and start to really show what they can do. If that makes sense. It's it's amazing that they're still there. They need to push on. Bearing in mind, they're playing a Sheffield United team that have just been promoted, have a bigger stadium, arguably a bigger fan base. They're in a shared town with, and they're two big clubs, and Bournemouth are coming up on the amount of time that they've both been in the Premier League. Pardon me. I think like it is important that Bournemouth start to really do something now. Do you agree? Yeah. Um. Summer Business from Sheffield United. I nearly did a Gary Lineker there. Call them Sheffield Wednesday.
1: I've written here, Lineker has a mare on match of the day. Victory for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how Sheffield Wednesday got on at the weekend, Sheffield? actually. No, yeah. neither do I. But Sheffield United drew. They definitely didn't win.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: You looked at me so confused then. I
0: did. Um, how do you think they've done in the transfer window?
1: Um. Can I answer that question in a few weeks when I've like actually paid attention to them? Because I don't really watch the championship anymore. Okay, fair. Well, I never watch the championship. I will give some insightful information. Is it them who's got Ezri Konza? Or is it Villa who's bought him? I think Villa. Yeah, don't I mean, listen to yeah. me. I should have probably looked into um, their squad.
0: Oli McBurney, they've bought for 18 million. Yes.
1: Bit of a gamble. Yeah. But equally, you, it's, you, ne- you need a striker. So. Yeah.
0: Um, I think that... They've made two very good signings in. Phil Jagielka offers them Premier League experience. Yes, He's obviously definitely. going back to the club uh, that he knows pretty well, that he grew up playing for thing. Um, and they've brought in Ravel Morrison as well. Kind of a wild card signing, but on a free transfer, I think it was. So mm-hmm. it's going to be... Um, I think it's a no-risk move, really, for, for him. T- touted as a, like a wonder kid when he was at Man United. So we'll see what happens. I think they've done well in bringing... A little bit of premier league experience whether they've brought in enough to compete with um the likes of the teams that are going to be around them the southamptons the burnleys i i'm not quite sure um i have got sheffield united in 18th i think they will go down um josh you have sheffield united in 19th did i put norwich at the bottom you put norwich rock bottom I just, I personally just think that they're going to be kind of like Cardiff. People expect them to go straight back down. They're going to come up. They're going to put in a really good fight. They're going to have some heart. They've got a good manager. But I just don't think it's going to be enough, ultimately. Uh, Bournemouth, I think, have made some good signings as well. Harry Wilson, Philip Billing. Um, and they have like I say they're just ticking along at the moment getting 26 million for Tyrone Mings is literally the best bit of business I've ever seen ever in my life um, but I feel like they should, could and should have done a little bit more um, it's not going to be enough to put them anywhere from where they were last season mm-hmm. I've got them 11th you've got them 12th I think yeah fair? yeah Cool. You ready for my stat of the week? Right. So this is a new thing that we're going to be doing. start of the week. I've
1: actually got a stat that's not the stat of the week, and then I've got a stat that's the stat. Josh. Of the
0: week. Josh is going to be. Josh is our stat man. If you've listened to the podcast before, Josh budding is the analyst, budding analyst, and uh, every week he's going to be doing a stat of the week. <coughs> and then well, at the end of the season, we might see which one. Are, which one was my favourite stat? Okay. Well, this here's one week.
1: that's not the stat of the week, but a little little uh, starter plate for you. It's Chris Mepham, who scored for Bournemouth, has scored two professional goals in his career and they've both come against Sheffield United.
0: That's a, that's a good stat.
1: But my stat of the week is uh, no one has scored more goals in English football across all four divisions mm. since 2005 than Billy Sharp.
0: You texted me that stat last night. It was, I was very impressed. 219 wow, career goals. very, very good. Um. Start of the week. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just going to cut that out and <laughs> have, that the, uh, have that as the jingle. Um. All right, any more on, on that game? No. Cool. Uh, so, our next game is Burnley versus Southampton. It finished 3 0 to Burnley. Uh, five of Ashley Barnes' 34 Premier League goals have come against Southampton, which is 15%. Uh, he scored each of Burnley's last four against uh, the Saints in the Premier League, which is pretty good. Uh, VR check on uh, Chris Woods goal. Yeah. I
1: think brilliant linesmaning. Yeah. Abs- like, we do not give them any credit on Normally this. Normally,
0: they're fucking dog shit, though.
1: I hate as well. They turn round and they're like gesticulating at the yeah. linesman, but he's made a brilliant decision. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, watching him trying to like sprint and keep up was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flag up. Unreal. Yeah, that was a
0: great decision. Great decision, um, and I thought Barnes's the first actual goal. Barnes's goal um, was was very well finished.
1: He's hit it on. I think Angus Gunn will be disappointed. It was straight at him. I and think he'll be
0: disappointed, it... but I think they will be more disappointed that the defenders for the whole game, Southampton, were just absolutely awful. Like their positioning was terrible. Was it Vestergaard that was playing? Yeah, he was just dreadful. Like he just like any time the ball came into the box, he was like. Um, have you seen the BFG? Yeah, the new one or the old one? The old one? Yeah. The good one. Right. So, you know the all the giants that aren't the BFG and they all walk around? It, that that's that was Vestergaard against Burnley. Like, he's just walking around like, Look at the football, look at the sky. It was ridiculous. Like, he was so bad. He was so bad in that game. And, like, that happened not just for the first goal, but for the second goal as well. Like, it was amateur it was amateur defending for the whole game from Southampton. Like and to despite the
1: that, they could have they could have got something from the game because they had plenty of chances. They had
0: plenty of chances. Redmond's shot. Uh, I don't, I don't like. The, I don't like their away kit. It's a bit Do you not the black and yellow? Ah, <laughs> oh, you see, we'll disagree for the first time this year on that. I really like it. It's just a bit garish. No. They look like a horde of bees. I like it. I like it. Zzzz. Um, and I thought the third goal uh, Goodmanson was brilliant Mm -hmm. yeah Um, great finish and I think the defensive display by Southampton was summed up by that hospital pass that was played back to Angus Gunn Um, like after the third goal had gone in I can't remember who it was just passed it back to the keeper and Ashley Barnes was in for his hat trick and I was like that is literally the stupidest thing I've ever seen I don't think we'll see a worse pass than that this season (laughs) until we talk about Newcastle um, summer business for for Burnley. How do you think they've done?
1: Uh, I think drink water on loans a shrewd move. Yeah. Um, Nick Pope will be like a signing.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I think. Unreal. To be fair, the loss of Tom Heaton is kind of. Dyche will be disappointed that he's gone. Was
1: that up to him though? Or is he well, that that that's it? the question that you've got to Because. Ask. That that's a big vote of confidence in Nick Pope. Yeah. Which will be buzzing for him. Eric Peters I think's a great signing. Yeah. Jay uh,
0: Rodriguez coming back.
1: Yeah, just gives them gives them that option off the bench because they'll probably start with Barnes and Wood in most games. They're like they're mm-hmm. two big men up front.
0: And they've gotten rid of some a couple of players as well that weren't really getting in the team. Crouch and Danny Ward and uh, Stephen Ward, sorry, and Anders Lindegaard have all gone. Um I do worry if Pope gets another injury. Oh Joe Hart. <laughs> he's playing in the Vincent company uh, testimonial at, um That the only game I'll get season yeah probably um, I don't think they've done enough Burnley and I think they'll be in another relegation dogfight this season mm-hmm. I don't think they've done enough business not saying that I don't think they've done enough to stay up because I think they probably have but I don't think they've done enough business to, to replicate what they did two years ago which was excellent of course and la- but last season I know they had Europa League but they didn't have Europa League all season they had it in pre-season so mm-hmm. like get over it, you're out got to just keep moving on um, and I've got Burnley in I've got Burnley in 16th you have Burnley in 14th just because I think there are six worse teams in them yeah, fair um, actually when I was doing my league table
1: that like I low. put
0: Newcastle where I thought they were going to finish, and then I, when I was putting the teams in, I was like, "I just think these teams are worse." And there wasn't necessarily that I think Newcastle will will get onto this, that Newcastle will finish in the position that they'll finish. But I just think there are worse teams than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we did it before the end of the transfer window as well. Uh, anything else to say on that game? No. All right. Next up, we have probably the game of the weekend: Palace versus Everton. Uh, I think
1: we could just move on for
0: now. <laughs> It finished 0-0. Everton it was
1: fairly entertaining for a 0-0 draw though. there Quite a few
0: chances. Everton have drawn the first Premier League game of the season in six of the last seven seasons. Um, I think the thing that we want to talk about the m- motor store to start with is Zaha um, touted for a move away to Arsenal. Then Everton moved in not materialise um, after he handed in his transfer request like the day before transfer deadline day, which makes no sense. Um, I'm waiting for the Roy Hodgson line around maybe October, November time of. He's just... Zaha, he's just uh, not in quite in the right mindset to play. And I just think that as soon as he leaves, whether that's in, in January, I thought if he'd left at the end of the transfer window, they, they would struggle. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they still will struggle. What was that, what you said about Roy Hodgson and midfielders to me the other day? About only Roy Hodgson could... Uh, like have an abundance of midfield players. Um, he I looked at the oh, it was he looked at the Crystal Palace squad and thought, "I need some more midfielders oh, in my yeah. team." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, yeah I, I
1: can't remember what I said. It was just one of those off the cuff comments that was probably a lot funnier than I intended it
0: to be. <laughs> um, I wonder in both teams where the goals are coming from. Everton, uh, I think, scored twice in preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, in five games, which is worrying um considering they've got Marco silver defense uh, yes exactly Snot, uh, Sigurdsson should should have scored in like the second minute or something. I thought the game like you say there was a there was a lot of half chances in the game i and I think across the season we'll be talking about like moist Keen a little bit more moist moist keen a little bit more and and a, a few of these other players that they've signed But well they've got a guaranteed 7 from him so yeah a, gu- a guaranteed 7 I'm going to score at least 7 interview Man. if you haven't seen that interview or read that interview he said that he was going to score at least 7 goals this season set your standards high Moise Keep, uh, set your standards high I know he's only 19 but are you sure he might just be 7 7 goals fucking hell Um. Schneidlin Red?
1: Um, yeah, I've just written here, Schneidlin Utter Clown. Yeah,
0: idiot. I mean, the second yellow... The first yellow is stupid. Like, but I kind of get it. He was frustrated, like, take the yellow. But to go in for that challenge, Palace were going nowhere. Mm-hmm. and he and Just ridiculous. Um, I just don't... I don't see... When I watched the highlights that I watched of Everton, I didn't see... A huge game plan. It's a game they should have won. If they're going for seventh place or higher, they spent 118, uh, 118 million pounds. Yeah. This should be going for the. They they obviously are wanting to push for top six. I just That's I wonder. That's why they buy players like
1: Alex Iwobi
0: <coughs> It's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. <laughs> like I just wonder what Marco oh. Silva's doing. He is my tip for the first manager to go. To panic buy. It's a panic buy. They, they didn't get Zaha. Yeah, it's a panic buy. 100% a panic buy. Oopsies. 35 million. 35 million. A moment but when a you lose the receipt. Yeah, <coughs> I think in terms of their business this summer Everton, I think they've done some good business. I think people are... A lot of Everton fans that I've spoken to have said... Um, we're not that bothered about losing dress again. And he was always going to go thirty million to PSG. I think it's a huge loss. Personally, yeah. I think he's been one of their better players for the last few seasons. Thirty million is cheap as well for like yeah. a midfield enforce so. Totally. However, Fabian Delft can stay fit. They brought Andre Gomez in permanently. Jibril um, G- uh, Sidibe from Monaco, I think, is a is a street signing. World Cup winner. Yeah, he'll do some good. Um, he'll give some good co- competition. Um, is it Coleman that plays on that side um, but I've I, I, I literally written the first line of my transfer thing on the blog is the panic buy of Alex Iwobi at the end of the transfer window has confused me £35 million pounds for a player who is realistically a 1 in 10 player yeah. so 1 in 10 is, ob- is an odd ob- move um, they've brought in some good players they've panic bought Iwobi which dropped them down They've let some again, they've let some players go, Adricia Gaby in the main one, but they've also got rid of James McCarthy and all these guys that weren't playing, which I think is good. And uh, Adam Adamola Luckman to Leipzig. I think it's a good move for him. And I think Everton just he wasn't gonna get game time yeah. Everton. Do I think that they do I think that I would have kept if I was Everton manager, would I have kept him and not bought a Wolby? Yes. hundred percent. Um in terms of palace, um I mean obviously their biggest thing was was Keeping, Keeping Zaha. Zaha. But what do you think about their other business?
1: Uh they lost Wambasaka. That's that's gonna be a big loss. Have they brought anyone in to
0: replace him? Uh They got
1: Martin Kelly and
0: Joel Ward. They've brought in no, they they brought in um uh I don't know who they brought in actually. So, I mean obviously you can tell because we but i i I think that they obviously their huge thing was keeping Zaha and a, but I think that his attitude might be a bit of a problem, like I do wonder if he'll stay in January, obviously he's handed in his um
1: well, he didn't start did he? So that like you, he's a nailed on starter and he didn't start, so you wonder why that was.
0: They just didn't. I mean, when he came on, they um, they looked much better. Like he, they nearly he nearly helped them score. However, before that, they just didn't look like scoring at all. They brought in James McCarthy, Jordan Ayew, Victor Camarasa on loan, Stephen Henderson, Gary Cahill, of course. Um, I think that they've. I mean, the Jordano signing, he was their main signing. They've spent like £7 million this summer. It's just not enough. I've got them in uh, 17th, I think. Uh, you have them in 15th. So we think they're going to be sort of in, in and around that relegation yeah. battle. Um, right, next game. Watford versus Brighton. I'm surprised we've got that much on, uh, on that game, to be honest. Watford versus Brighton. Finished 3-0 to Brighton. Andoni's goal came with his first touch of the game. Uh, 62, Sixty-two seconds. seconds yeah, we'll after coming on, on. Uh, Graham Potter in at Brighton.
1: Shrewd move. I think it could be one of the success stories <coughs> of the season.
0: It was interesting. He has a degree in like um, not only like a degree mm, but a master's in like man oh. ma- in like man management or something. Yeah, yeah like emotional motivation. management. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that he did at his old club was a bit weird, like ballet performances. Le- le- yeah, season. and like learning about like elks or something. Um it was so weird. Um He's th- made a difference
1: because that was Brighton's fourth away win in their last thirty three yeah. away games in the Premier League,
0: so Do I think it'll last no, personally. Uh however I thought they played well. Um Murray's handball is the big call. Um the VAR check on the oh, from the from free, the free kick.
1: kick. Pereira's reaction is disgusting. Yeah. And that,
0: for me, uh, was enough to not give what for the penalty. Yeah. However... What
1: is he doing? It was handball.
0: Huge grey area in the new rules. Uh, it For me, it's a handball. Um, I said at the start of the pod, well, oh, the VAR got everything right. Ha- I take that back. Ha- uh, VAR got this wrong.
1: if you think it's a penalty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Glenn Murray there with his fucking little yeah. stump it's, T-Rex it's, hand. It, I mean, it... it it's the question you this question you're asking is when the person is on the floor if the if this is clear in the rule if the person is on the floor and they're they're not in a natural silhouette then it's a handball right however the law doesn't state that when they're jumping what a natural position is it's up to the discretion of whoever's running the VR. we will see that in two weeks time happen again and it will be a penalty
1: yeah, because if his arm's not at that angle, the ball might
0: go past him. Yeah. Nobody can see this demonstration. And he's sort of, oh yeah,
1: well. I got face for radio, man. Because <laughs> uh, he he's jumped up and slightly turned his body. Yeah. He's not remained straight on. I
0: personally think it was a penalty. Yeah, me too. Um,
1: but like Pereira
0: needs like. Oh, it was t- stupid. Um, oh. But Brighton were clinical. That was the difference between the two teams on the day. Andone and and uh, Neil Mapau, as Mape. I think, that's how you say, it, Mape. they scored, um, and it, it was a really good finish by um, by the latter there. And I think he was a, he's been a fairly good signing for uh, for Brighton. Do uh, he scored a lot of goals for um, Brentford last year? For Brentford over the last few years. Um, I don't know much about um, Leandro Trossard, who they've brought in. Uh, Aaron Moy, I think, is a good signing. Um, However, I think I I can't see why they've done this, but they've sent Anthony Knockout out on loan to Fulham. Mm -hmm. And, like, for me, he is one of those players that, yeah, you might not get the best out of him in every game. However, if you bring him on in and for Brighton this is huge if you bring him on against a team that are, is around you he will do something he will create he will score a ridiculous goal he'll um, like put it on a plate for someone and I just don't see that in their squad anymore mm-hmm. I don't see that in their squad anymore and that for me brought Brighton's transfer business down loads they've brought in a lot of unproven Premier League players Aaron is a great signing but they've brought in a lot of other unproven Premier League players I just don't think it's enough. I think we've both got Brighton to go down. You've got Brighton in eighteenth. I've got them in nineteenth. We'll Would see. you change your mind after that first game?
1: Yeah, maybe because I'd forgotten that Graham Potter was their manager. <laughs> to be honest, as yeah. I much have paid attention to them, um, I think it's they're going to be there or thereabouts for the drop. Yeah. I think
0: definitely they'll we be in a relegation see. battle.
1: I like their new kit, that darker blue. Yeah, it's it nice, quite nice. It
0: Thinner stripes as well. It's good.
1: Avi Grazia is the first Watford manager in seven years to make it into a second season.
0: They love sacking managers. Um, well,
1: clearly it works because they don't normally get trolloped on their first game. Of the season. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Um, anything more on that game? No. Um, right, late kickoff on Saturday was Spurs versus Aston Villa. Finished 3 1 to Spurs. Um, Grealish. Uh, ...has played in his last 19 Premier League games... ...how many has he won? Four. None. How many has he drawn? None. None. He's lost each of his last 19 Premier League games. It's a record. He was playing a bit deeper. He was. um, And I've never screamed at the telly so much... ...when he decided that he was just going to... ...dribble out of the penalty area... ...instead of just smashing the shit away from the box... And he was like, You can't do that in the Premier League. You can't that's the difference. That that clip there. If you're showing a newly promoted team the difference between the championship and the Premier League, you show them that clip of Jack Grealish trying to dribble the ball out and being like, Nah, no, Lisa will go you can't do that. So I think he will have learnt a lot from that game. Don't get me wrong, I think Villa have done some very good business over the summer. Again, brought in a lot of players that you wouldn't necessarily say were gonna kick on in the Premier League. I think they could be this year's Fulham if they're not careful. I think they've just brought in enough to to get them over the line. Um, Spurs were terrible in the first half and actually Villa played really well and they played some good football, like actual football, Mm -hmm. which was nice. Um, And that Trezeguet looks decent.
1: I mean, the difference between the Villa that got relegated and this Villa team is like chalk and cheese. Yeah,
0: Totally and the, the the chairman has come out and been defend, uh I think he got grilled on Sky Sports yesterday about um, the spending they've spent a lot of money I think it's nearly 150 million mm-hmm. and uh, he defended it very well and has been very positive about um, Villa and, and, and saying all the right things and putting and I just think they're in a good place at the moment Aston Villa whereas I feel like Fulham Came out on panic ball last summer. I think Villa have done some astute business this year. They have brought in, a, I think, 13 players, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And if he decides to just chuck them all in, it's not going to work. But I think Trezeguet looked good. Grealish, obviously, is, apart from that one mistake, I think we will do quite well this year. Um. How do you think they played, especially when um Spurs leveled it.
1: I think they'd probably just run out of steam a bit because obviously they were defending for most of the game. Uh in that absolute cauldron that the Tottenham Hotspur stadium is as well. Um thought Wesley was a really good outlet for them up yeah. top. Uh, and I think John McGinn's a good player as well. Um I just say and Ericsson came on as well and change the game yeah. for Spurs completely like for me this go, this links into how I think England should play if Kane's going to be up front Kane is a number nine he's not like a, he's not a centre forward that will necessarily create something out of nothing he needs someone in behind pulling the strings and that's what Ericsson yeah. did because when Dombele, Winks and Sissoko started as a midfield three none of them are creators no. really they're all quite honest hard working midfield players Um and then we saw Eriksson came on, tried something a bit different. And um, I mean, Kane got into Garth Crooks's team of the week, but I mean, he he, he just yeah. buried two chances. Yeah, he, he did what he's on the field to do. He wasn't like inspirationally good, but that's what he does. He's he's an unreal finisher. His yeah. first two goals at the their new
0: stadium. Yeah, um, and I thought that Villa tired. Villa tired. They're running. They did a lot of running in the first half, and it sort of showed. And and Spurs just they had hit them. thirty-one
1: shots on goal. Like you're going to score. You have 31 yeah, thirty-one attempts.
0: What about? Um, you talked about Ndombele There, you had him as your transfer of the year. He scored, and he scored. Um, transfer of the summer. Um, how do you think Tottenham's business has been generally over the summer? Well, if you're
1: going off the previous two windows it's been a, a marked improvement because they've actually signed players yeah. they've, <coughs> they've got a bit more depth now Like yeah. if you look at the list of players that weren't involved and in the team they were still able to put out I think that's going yeah. to, they, they need to win a trophy this year.
0: Yeah definitely and they've kept Eriksen, Ali Kane Lamella, all those guys they've just added Ndombele and um, Celso. Celso and Sessignon if he plays Sessignon at left back then Spurs will get relegated. This I day. think Sassignan's
1: <laughs> been bought for those games when he plays a three
0: at the back. You think? Yeah. I think, to, I think he, he's more he of a th- Gareth Bale. He gives them
1: a left-footed option on the left as yeah. well. Further forward. I think
0: he is a further forward player, personally. I still think they needed another out-and-out striker. I know people will say, oh, well, when Kane was out last season, Son came in, or what, what, whatever. However, I just think that with players like Dabala, Icardi being available Mandzukic even, why don't you go out there and just put the money down on a player that's going to challenge Kane I'm not saying Kane has, doesn't have an appetite to score but what I'm saying is that a player there like Icardi who, I mean there was a swap deal for Jekyll on the table which was Jekyll to Inter and and Inter would give Roma Icardi and ten million. Like I think Icardi is a better player than Jack. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and if if Icardi is that disposable to Inter, he can get him for like 20-30 million, Why wouldn't you just go out and do it? This is what I don't understand. We'll see what happens. I think they've done some good business. I gave them like a B plus was mm-hmm. their thing. I don't think they were quite into the A category. But I just don't think it's going to be enough for them, a challenge for the title. I've got them in fourth, you've got them in third. Anything else on that game? Um, the Tongan left
1: out, even though he was fit. Yeah. This, though, this could be a bit of a... Because so often Spurs run out of energy in about February, and yeah. if he's doing a bit of rotation early on, then that that could be fair. Yeah,
0: right? and and I think like this is exactly what we're talking about with um, Liverpool. Liverpool... Uh, it's nice for Spurs to have a bit of like being able to rotate in every area of the pitch, and like Man City as well. They can do that. The teams that are at the top end of the league, they can bring in quality for quality. I think up front they've got that. I think in defence. I think like uh, sorry, not like in central attack, attack like central attacker like Kane, but I think in midfield wingers they've got that option to rotate. Mm. At the back, they're starting to get that, and I think. With players like Sanchez and that really, sort of, coming in a little bit more, getting used to the having a year in the Premier League, getting used to it, I think it'll put them in good stead for this season. To be honest. Um, all right, let's move on to Sunday's games. All right, uh, Leicester versus Wolves. It finished nil nil, Um this is the first ever time that Wolves are playing their f- first top flight game on a Sunday, um, while the only previous occasion that Leicester have kicked off on a Sunday. ...was in 94-95. Do you know who they played? Absolutely no idea. They played Newcastle and they lost 3-1. Over oh, um, the days. <coughs> we're going to talk about... Uh, that noth- nothing really happened in the game. But we'll talk about Wolves in the Europa League in a bit. The one big talking point in the game... ...was the VAR decision to disallow Dendonka's goal. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo came out and complained... Um, Connor Cody came out and did just a what I thought was just a really sad interview, to be honest. Um, what do you think about... Firstly, what do you think about the decision? And then what do you think about the rule? So I think it's a
1: questionable handball decision, but Wolves gained an advantage from him using his hand. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I think the right decision was made because it's not come off a body part that you can score a goal with
0: would you Does like me to read you the official rule on this let me just find it because the the Premier League tweeted this out after the game um, because there was so much obviously so much talk online about what had happened um, let me just find it uh this makes for great listening hope you enjoy it um it's not actually there it's something like if the if the it touches there any goal that comes from um a hand like hits a hand and goes in or comes off a hand in the build up and goes in is to be disallowed mm-hmm ...regardless of whether it was accidental or not. Yeah. So, So that is the rule. Espirito Santo needs to understand that that is the rule... ...and cannot come out and complain... ...because if that is... ...the shoe is on the other foot... ...and that happens the other way around... ...then... ...he'll be buzzing. He would be buzzing. However, it didn't. They drew the game... And I think actually a draw against um,
1: Leicester away. Leicester away after is a it, six and a half thousand mile round trip in midweek. Yeah,
0: I mean they've they've done so much traveling. They played in the China in the Asia Cup in China, and then they played, uh, they've played, like you say, I think it was in like uh, Andorra or something, in midweek. They've played four, uh, or was it three, Europa League games already. How do you think they'll fare with Europa League and Premier League? Do you think they can still push for that top seven?
1: Mm, I th- mm, it's going to be difficult because they don't have the biggest squad either. And
0: they've let players like Ivan Cav- Cavaliero go, which I thought was interesting because he's a sort of player that you would have in the Europa League squad, just as a little bit of extra oomph. Yeah. Um we... Uh, you have Wolves in 9th. <coughs> I still... I have them in 8th. Um, wolves below Everton for you. It's interesting. I
1: just think they'll do fairly... Because they've got a style of football that would... Uh, do well in the Europa League. Yeah. So that's going to have a knock-on effect for the Prem.
0: Yeah. Um, Jotter had some good chances in the game, but um, he went like full jigsaw puzzle and like went to pieces in the box. Um we're looking at um Wolves this season. Well, Wolves will be looking at this season and thinking we can push on and hopefully um they can do something in the Europa League and I think it will, but I think it will be of detriment to their Premier League. However Leicester, um I think we've both got Leicester in seventh, which, yes we have. Um we've both got Leicester in 7th they've made some good signings over the summer Yuri Elements was my signing of the summer thought it was excellent at the end of last season what do we think of Leicester's transfer window
1: Um, decent but they've not replaced Maguire and that's where they're going to struggle I
0: agree and Oli who we've had on the podcast before was just shouting that Turkish guy's name at me last night Um, he's not they've paid twenty pounds for him from Freiburg I think that is not a Harry Maguire replacement for me you've got to bring in somebody with Premier League experience you've got to spend the money to get it to get them in you've got to bring in a top defender now and I think in January if they don't do it I mean they're going to overpay at any time of the year now because people know they've got 80 million in the bank Mm -hmm. so they're going to overpay at any time so go out in January I think they will concede goals Um, but I think like the sign of Perez is a decent one Um, and I think that They'll do, they'll do well this season. I think they'll win games. And I think they'll beat a lot of the top six sides at some point as well. Um, which they didn't do last season. Uh, anything else on that game? Um, no. Cool. Alright, two games left. Um, Newcastle versus Arsenal that finished 1-0 to Arsenal, unfortunately. Since his Premier League debut in February 2018, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has the best shot conversion rate, 25.6% of the 68 players to have scored six or more goals in the competition it's pretty good Um I thought Newcastle played quite well in the first half and they pressed high which you didn't see very much under Rafa and it caused Arsenal a few problems at the back Um however Shelby's knock and then bringing Willems on and then Willems not knowing where he's playing for two minutes mm-hmm. was like ridiculous like what the, uh, Steve Bruce ok I think I'm going to write a blog on this um, at some point about the Newcastle situation and about the thoughts over the summer and there's been some Rafa Benitez stuff that's come out this morning which is very interesting I just think Steve Bruce he set the team up very well however his in-game management decisions are woeful and he has cost us the game and his son coming out Alex Bruce coming out on Twitter and defending him is not doing Steve Bruce any favours yeah so, just Alex Bruce. If you listen to this podcast now, shut the fuck up. Deactivate your Twitter account and just stay away from anything Newcastle because you have no idea what you're talking about. Like you're gonna, you are just gonna defend your dad. I, I appreciate it, but watch the game and tell me that that decision didn't cost us the game, right? Dummett's pass was short, yes, but Williams did he run to the ball? No stupid decision after that he took long stuff off firstly you're taking Shelby off and long stuff off when you've got no central midfielders on the bench what, what are you doing? what are you doing? like it's just so it's, these are things that like you look at your bench surely you look at your bench and you go I've got four defenders on there out of seven one of them and then I've got a goalkeeper that's five and I've got a winger and a striker what am I missing? like the players which are going to be running the most on the pitch mm-hmm. and you probably if he's I just don't understand why he took Longstaff off like I get he wasn't having the best game that he's had in Newcastle shirt but you take him he changed a defence that was playing really well keeping um, Arsenal out dealing with the runs of Aubameyang and, and the guys that were playing up front Willock who I thought had a really good game Nelson And you've brought on Willems for his debut. Like, if he'd had Key on the bench, Key for Shelby, no brainer. But because of his decision before the game to not put a midfielder on the bench, I think it's cost us the game. And that decision to put Willems on and then Willems actually not know where he's playing, I think it's just ridiculous. I think it's just ridiculous. Um, Lascelles as well, for the goal, he's been dragged out of position. Mm -hmm. um, And. ultimately it's just defensive mistakes that have cost us which we saw a little bit under Rafa Benitez but I do worry that this season we'll see a lot more because we are playing a more open expansive style of football would you agree?
1: Yeah but that's the best way I think that's the best chance you've got of doing something similar to last year with the players that you've now got
0: yeah I think we've got a better squad than last year Mm -hmm. but I worry because we've got a manager that is kind of i mean right this is where i think there is a line at the moment and a huge divide in the newcastle fan base in that like you can support the team and dislike mike ashley at the same time this is a big thing and there was meant to be a boycott on sunday which was fucking dog shit boycott by the way So, I don't like Mike Ashley. I think he's a parasite on the club, and I think that he has no ambition to take this club forward. We've had bids for the club, and he just doesn't want to sell because ultimately he wants somebody to buy his house, but he wants to keep all his photos up in the house and have the house exactly how he wants it. But no, that's not how it works. Like, somebody's going to come in, take all the sports direct signs down, and fucking chuck him in the back of Mike Ashley's car, and he's going to drive away. That's the way it's going to be. Otherwise, he's not going to sell the club, right? Steve Bruce, I like Steve Bruce as a person. Like he's a re- he seems like he comes across as a really nice guy. He's obviously a Newcastle fan, um, but I don't think that necessarily. All the media are like, oh well, he's a he gets it. Well, no, he, he does. Like at times, you, you see his interviews, he just doesn't get what's going on. Sometimes he's very out of touch. I think with the Newcastle fan base. However, I think he comes across really well generally in his interviews. But the problem is that he's making all the boycotts and stuff about him. Like, or I can't do anything about the boycotts, like, um, like they're going to do what they're going to do, and all this. And it's like, no, Steve, you just need to say the boycotts are happening, like, the fans are uh, uh, they can do what they want, and um, we're going to get on as a team, as a unit, and give them a team that they want to support. And he has to some extent said that. But I think at the same time there's this thing of like it's him against the supporters. It's not him against the supporters. It's Mike Ashley against the supporters, and I think that's the difference of like where we're at at the moment. And I think like it's only going to get worse over the course of the season if the results don't come. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get more mm-hmm. and more flustered. And if he keeps making decisions like he is at the moment, well, like he did on on Sunday, mid game, he's going to lose those fans, including myself, that are behind the team and behind him and want him to do well he's going to lose that very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. That, I mean my my patience with him will wear thin if we don't, I know this sounds ridiculous, but if we don't get a result against Norwich, I'll be looking at it and going fuck, like we're in deep shit I, I think we'll stay up, I think the squad is good enough to stay up, the foundations that has laid over the last few years is still there however I do worry in time that Bruce gets his hand on this squad more and more I do worry that it's going to sort of start to unravel and fall mm-hmm. apart a little bit so we need to get points on the board early and we're kind of with St Maximin Almeron, and Joelinton Linton up front I think that we are kind of an unknown force at the moment Like, and I think that we need to get points on the board early St Maximin looked good when he came on a Sunday I thought like did it's kind of Ben Arthur-esque anyone that's Ben Arthur-esque is going to get my going to get my vote so I think the business that we've done is good however not keeping Rafa is is huge mm-hmm. I think personally run over Arsenal um, Young started off his scoring for the season um, what do you think of Arsenal's general transfer business
1: Tierney um, tick
0: tick yeah
1: David Luis.
0: hmm
1: at 8 million that's, oh, <laughs> tick. that's tick 8 million tick but he's gonna cost you at some point I've
0: only ever seen him play well in a back 3
1: yeah or as like a holding midfield player
0: yeah I still think they needed another centre mid uh centre defender sorry yeah and that that's where I mean I gave them a grade A on my transfer ratings however I think the, I mean the sign of Pepe is brilliant mm-hmm. 72 million is a lot of money but I mean his goal record last year I think it was 22 goals 11 assists something mm-hmm. like that
1: and they've got Reese Nelson available Yeah, I going to be and Willock was brilliant sick. on Saturday
0: um, and getting 35 for a Wolby is like genius um, but I'd, to get an A star I think they just need one more central defender mm-hmm. like a a solid central defender what do you think about the Koscielny Unveiling. oh
1: Jack Whitehall his assessment of it was incredible he was like if you were going someone like Barcelona then that would be fine but you're going to like a
0: Bordeaux
1: yeah. Bordeaux it's like the bargain basement team of like yeah. French division
0: uh, I've got Arsenal finishing in third you've got Arsenal, Arsenal finishing in sixth would you change your mind after seeing that display on Sunday
1: it was very difficult for me to pick four five and six in an order yeah Um They've got a shout of fourth. But, w- yeah, well, I'll revisit that assessment yeah. at a later date.
0: I thought they didn't necessarily play that well on Saturday, but they were missing mm-hmm. Kalasnach and Ozil. Um, and they didn't play Pepe. If I had to
1: predict where they finished based on kits, they'd be top. Oh, lovely beautiful.
0: new kit. Lovely new kit. Um, Anything else to say on that game? No. Um, All right, then. Our final game of the weekend before we finish up. Um, is Manchester United versus Chelsea. It finished 4-0 to Man United, um, which was their biggest over-Chelsea in a top-flight match since winning 4-0 in March 1965, when Hevi- Matt Busby was manager.
1: Heaviest defeat for a Chelsea manager in his first game since 1978, and the first time Chelsea been in the relegation zone
0: since 2000. Wow. Incredible. Uh, Chelsea looked all right, I thought, for yeah. the first... 60 minutes, I would say. However, Man United just picked off a poor back line, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt Zouma, um, stupid tackle for the penalty. It was a storm penalty, I thought.
1: Before that as well, he, he just didn't look comfortable playing out from the back. He doesn't look like a player that can do that. Because he nearly gifted them a
0: goal. He did. Um, I don't know if he he's one of those players you know when we talk about we've seen it with Man United over the last few years in that a player will come in and uh, and sort of the weight of the shirt will pull him down and he'll get a little bit dejected and sort of the crowd will get on his back easily I feel like Zuma is one of those players where he pulls on the Chelsea shirt and it's just a little bit too much for him he was Mm -hmm. he was okay at Stoke he was very good at Everton and Everton fans wanted him back I just think for Chelsea Obviously, there's not much Chelsea can do because they've got a transfer ban. However, I don't know. I just don't think he's necessarily good enough for Chelsea. Um, I thought um, Abraham was played quite well, to be honest. He hit the yeah. post. For the second goal, mm-hmm. do you think he was fouled
1: on the edge no. of the box?
0: He needs to be stronger. You see, I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure. i will have to see it again.
1: It was a bit theatrical, though. It went was, down.
0: and I think that's what cost him the penalty, uh, cost him the free kick. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it was more Maguire on him than him on Maguire. If that yes. makes sense. And so I can see why it wasn't given. I just think Maguire was stronger than him. Yeah. Um, I can see why it wasn't given, um, but I think that he was he was unlucky because you've seen those given in the past. Those yeah. type of cha- those type of challenges. Um, I'm really happy for Daniel James though. Yeah, um,
1: completely agree.
0: But should it have been ruled out, Zuma? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so
1: I've written here. Build up to United's fourth goal. Zuma goes down with a head injury. Game has to be stopped. Yeah, like Maguire and Shaw were both trying to get the refs' attention, and the refs sort of decided that it wasn't serious enough to stop the game. But, but how
0: can you? Some of the worst injuries are the ones that you can't see. Yeah so I don't understand how he's made that decision um, I think it should have been it should have been pulled back mm-hmm. um, but on the flip side to that I'm really really happy for Daniel James um, got his dream move I think three days after his dad died to Man United um, and I think that in pre-season he's looked very good and on Saturday when he came on eh, Sunday when he came on I thought he looked really good as well Um Summer business, let's start with Man United after talking about. Could I just uh, say something go about on. Rashford quickly? Yes, go on, sorry. Uh,
1: so he's only taken four career penalties Saturday against Chelsea. Yeah, PSG. Make it 1 0. PSG, World Cup round of 16 penalty shootout against Colombia and the penalty for England in the Nations League. He scored them all. Semi final, scored them all. Big game temperament. Yeah,
0: big game temperament. And um, I was listening to maybe Chris Sutton. That's never a bad uh, idea. On six oh six and he was saying, Oh, I don't think Rashford wants to necessarily play out No, it wasn't it wasn't, it was Paul Merson. They were sort of Uh,
1: interchanging though, which was quite He said,
0: I don't think he wants to play through the middle and I was thinking Rashford isn't is that player to play through the middle, like he's proven that he's not a winger for me. He's but proven I mean, that he can't play. Martial
1: sort the same, so they were they were dovetailing quite nicely, yeah. which was cool.
0: And I think they are good two good players to play together. And I think now that Martial's got the number nine shirt as well, it was going to give him more. I think I know it's just a number, but to him to have that to be given the number nine, then have it taken away when Ibrahimovic came, I think was like, I think was huge. Mm-hmm. And 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 like to the point of like he was going to leave the club, but now Oli's sort of given him a little bit more creative um, uh, impetus to go out there and just show what he's all about And with, I think this season we'll start to see the Martial that we all sort of expected when he signed for mm-hmm. Man United um, Romelu Lukaku leaving for 70 million I thought it was kind of maybe unpopular opinion I thought he actually wasn't that bad for Man United and I thought that they didn't really play to his strengths and on his day he is one of the yeah. better Premier League strikers and um,
1: but if that's how United are going to play, then he's not going to fit in. So. Yeah,
0: that's fair. That's fair. Do you not think he gives them another option, though? And bear in mind they didn't bring in another striker over the but summer. For the really? amount of
1: money they're paying him, like, he probably wants to be playing more often. Fair. And he's the sort of player that a team needs to be built around. I think, potentially, we might see United bring in Lorente in the next week, because he's a free agent.
0: Really, do you think?
1: Yeah, because they... They probably need one more forward. I agree.
0: Although he seems Ollie seems quite happy with um with um what's his face? Greenwell. Greenwood. 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 We'll see, won't we? We shall see. We definitely will. Um I would've loved to see in Ball or Manzukic there. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Um Chelsea transfer window.
1: Well, not really much you can say, is there? Well,
0: they brought in Pulisic and uh, Kovacic before their ban was put on. Uh, Hazard leaving yeah. contributed to, what was it, 30 goals last season? Yeah. 16 31, I think. 16 goals, 15 assists. Big loss.
1: Well, probably the biggest loss of the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think Lampard's in he, quite a difficult position. He, he just needs to be,
1: to be given, a, given a chance, really. Yeah. They, played, they played quite well, actually, to be fair. They were just a bit naive
0: defensively. Yeah. You've got Chelsea in fourth, and I have Chelsea in sixth. I just think that I'm not quite sure that they've got enough to get in that top four this season. Fairs. I think they do quite well in the Europa League, though. Mm-hmm. Um, anything more on that game? No. All right. Well, a couple of last bits of business to do. Should we we um, got our
1: team of the week on Insta? Yes. Well, go
0: go and tell us what is the team of the week then.
1: Uh, So unlike Garth Crooks who just shoehorns players in, we we've decided to make it an actual fieldable team. So we've got Edison in goal. Yeah. Back for Wambersack Dunk who was incredible. He was very good. Brighton Maguire and we've. We've gone Walker at left back. Kind of shoehorned Walker in there because no real left backs were that great <coughs> but couldn't split the difference between Walker and Wan-Bissaka. Uh Midfield three of Ndombele, De Bruyne and Ericsson. And then I've changed one of the front three. I've got Sterling, Barnes, and I put Rashford in because in retrospect he was better than Salah.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think it's a good team. It's a good team. I thought De Bruyne I'll was I'll take excellent a photo of so you can make I will a graphic. Make a, I will make a graphic for you. Um, all right, Super Cup final tomorrow night. Um, Chelsea against Liverpool. Uh, all I want is a winner scoreline. Liverpool
1: 2-1 score? after extra time.
0: I'm going to go for... Yeah, after extra time. And I'm going to go Liverpool as well. I'm going to go... Um, actually I think on penalties, I think ones each okay on penalties All right, it's time for zero to hero from hero to zero from zero to zero, zero to hero Um, I'm gonna start with my hero if -hmm. that's okay Uh, I'm gonna, my nominees for this weekend are Billy Sharp Mm -hmm. for his goal Raheem Sterling for his hat-trick and VAR for its fantastic display over the Mm -hmm. weekend Uh, but my winner is Daniel James Uh, after coming on obviously like I say his dad died a couple of days before he signed for Man United Uh, and to get a goal on your debut at the Stretford End at Old Trafford I just think is uh, it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and his celebration was was brilliant and the whole team around him I just thought it was was excellent so Daniel James is my is my hero for this week
1: lovely Uh, my nominees are Sterling Yeah. Obviously, got a hat trick. Kane for scoring in August. That doesn't happen.
0: He scored last year in August, I think.
1: Did he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Undombele uh, for proving my summer, signing of the summer right. Yeah. Ericsson for affecting the game. Bit spurs heavy there. Graham Potter for getting a win. Yeah. Great stuff. Brighton don't win away, so good Good for him. Ashley Barnes getting two. Pookie scored. Uh, Rashford, which is great. Maguire. Yeah new club great James like you said my winner is Billy Sharp
0: yes cool all right and your zero
1: nominees Decore for an own goal which was just comical they always are Uh, Lineker for his balls up calling Sheffield United Shepherd Wednesday Schneidlin for being a clown Hanley for own goal Allison for letting me down in fantasy football. <laughs> Dick. But my zero nominee, ultimate nominee is Kurt Zuma.
0: That's fair. That is fair. For just
1: being a bit of a donkey.
0: Um Alright, my nominees Kurt Zuma. Um West Ham. For losing five nil. Um Paul Pogba classic for being Paul Pogba but my winner is uh Morgan Schneiderlin for one of the stupidest red cards that you'll ever see uh like two yellows anyway um and the only red card of the weekend otherwise we would have had a clean Mm -hmm. weekend so my winner is uh Morgan Schneiderlin um I'm just gonna find a a good picture of uh fouling Marcus Rashford so that we can put it on later uh, so you can vote for that on Instagram that's going to go up uh, fairly imminently I think um, and you'll be able to vote for that on there maybe we'll do it on Twitter should we do it on Twitter no. maybe do it on both yeah probably um, both maybe do it on both um, alright and we're going to bring back a fan favourite for this year just before we do Org that one.
1: Uh, Bolton's I've written here Bolton's Darecase so I'd get a draw.
0: I would just like to say that Bolton have had a horrific summer. And we will talk we'll probably z- you're gonna write a blog on Bolton. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna but write when a blog. But I've on calmed
1: Bolton. down about it, otherwise there might be a lot of swear words.
0: Yes, I mean I don't mind swear words, Josh. Don't mind swear words, especially when you're talking about your club. But um Bolton put out the youngest ever average aged sides uh, that Bolton had ever seen on Saturday and they drew nil-nil. Uh, are you on minus 23 points now? So minus eleven. Oh, is it minus? I thought you got mine oh no, I'm thinking of Berry and uh, Bolton's minus combined total at the bottom of the league. Yeah. Um minus eleven points now. So Promotion here we come. Yeah. <laughs> um there was a 17-year-old. I think the average age was like 19 yeah, or it was something. 19. Um Also, by the way, in my nominees I'd like to put Man United. For having the youngest Premier League squad of the weekend 24 years old I think it was just over 24 um but yes Bolton have had a horrible summer yes and uh, when Josh posts the blog about that um, we'll be able to have a proper read on it um this uh, yeah, on the blogs at the moment, there's like transfer ratings, season preview, um, and a couple of other bits on there. Like, we're gonna, as I say, we're going to be posting our game week predictions. So this week, uh, we'll be posting them on on about probably on about Thursday. Um, but to finish off the podcast in traditional style, a fan favourite, we're going to do JB's tiny tip. Um, what is your tiny tip for this weekend? So Josh in. Burton?
1: light of what's happened with this weekend and the fact they've got a midweek fixture I would like to know the odds for Leicester to beat Chelsea
0: on I think
1: it's on Sunday
0: on Sunday let's have a look then Premier League uh, the odds to for Leicester to beat Chelsea are. Oh.
1: 18 to 5. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Okay,
0: so here we go. Ollie's going to be happy. Money's going on for the first bet of the season. There we are. So, JB's Tiny Tip is back. Just Another Football Podcast is back. Check out uh, the uh, Jaff blog. Um, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Jaff Pod. And um, we'll be back next week for some more. Beautiful podcasting.
1: Woo! Uh,
0: we've done an hour and a half there. Every other podcast, we're going to try and get down to an hour. Yeah. I
1: don't First know how possible one. that's
0: going to be, but we'll try. I've got um, some ideas. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, mainly, well, you're going to get fired. And it's mainly,
0: mainly, I'm just not going to talk about Newcastle for yeah 25 twenty five minutes. minutes. Um, but yes, thank you very much, Josh. And thanks, uh, thanks for the opportunity, the exposure, yeah. <laughs> budding analyst. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. So, bye.